I am at my master's disposal. I'm called. I'm set apart for the gospel. We can confidently know who we are and what we're called to because of the work of Christ in us. And so, last, last week we saw that. We saw Paul say, hey look, I'm a humble servant, slave of Christ Jesus. He's at his master's disposal. He's not his own. He is bought with a price, the blood of Jesus Christ. He says he's a called apostle. An apostle means sent one, sent one with a message. He didn't choose to be an apostle. It was chose for him. This was given to him by God. He says, I'm set apart. I'm set apart for the gospel. This means he's, he's separated from something for something. All of us are set apart. All of us are called to be holy. And we see in specifically Paul's life, he was separated from his old life of being a zealous Pharisee so much that he was willing to kill and try to destroy the gospel, which, by the way, is impossible. It is impossible to kill the church and the message that the Lord has given us. To die is gain. To die is gain, Paul said. And the message is the word of the Lord. We are like flowers, but his word is forever. You cannot kill the word. The gospel is eternal. Because the gospel is about Jesus. So we have a man who's zealous Pharisee, and then he became a humble servant of God for the gospel of Jesus Christ. He says, I am set apart for the gospel. And so he explains this gospel, and he says, this gospel is about Jesus. This is in regards to the Son of God. And this was promised way back. This is promised in the scriptures, the holy scriptures that we have. What a privilege, what an honor that we get to hold the word of God. He says, Jesus, he's the God-man. He is descendant of David, dwelled with us. He is deity. He is God. Proved that through his resurrection from the grave, now seated at the right hand of God. What better proof do we have? What greater proof that, that we have that he's seated at the right hand of God? So Jesus became man. So that he can live a perfect life and die a sinner's death. So he gave us something. He gave us so graciously what we couldn't do for ourselves. He gave us his righteousness. And then he took the full wrath of God 
that we deserved through his death on the cross. And not staying in the grave, but resurrected from the dead to sit at the right hand of God, proclaiming his power of sin over death, of of sin and death, and giving us the ability to be one with God and live a resurrected life for his name. And this is all given to us by faith in Jesus. Do you believe that gospel, church? You're not the church. We're not the church if we don't believe that gospel. And this is all being able to be received by faith in Jesus. Then he says that faith brings about grateful, joyful, trusting obedience for his glory. And then we start in verse 6. So let's go to Romans chapter 1, verse 6. And we'll go all the way through 10. It says, And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to be, belong to Jesus, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is being reported all over the world. God, whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his Son, is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. And I pray that now, at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for your word. We are thankful for your church and how you are working in us. God, we ask that this word will be taught to us by your spirit. Holy Spirit, teach us. And make us more like your son Jesus. And let us look into Paul's life and his prayer life. And encourage us to be more like Paul as he followed after you. In Jesus' name, amen. So we see in verse 6, he says, And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. So Paul encouraged them and says... This calling is yours. He talks about his calling, and he says, This calling is yours. You are called to belong. You you see that word? You're called to belong to Christ. So Paul here is saying, The same way I am called servant and slave... Of Christ, so are you. We belong to Christ. We are not our own, but we are gladly his servant, set apart for his great name. And to accept Christ as Savior, as Lord, it's not just some picture of walking down an aisle. We've been given that picture for a good while now. That's not the picture. Yeah, it may be a part of it, but that's not the picture. 
It's a picture of one who is at Christ's disposal, ready to be used as he's pleased to use you. We belong to Christ by his grace. And now our eyes are opened to the true purpose of who we are made for. We are made for him. Now we come to 7 through 10 and we see Paul, he just starts to reveal his heart. He starts to to pour out his heart in this letter to the church in Rome. And so in verse 7, we see Paul, a man who is thankful. (laughs) Are y'all thankful to Jesus? Are y'all thankful to God in your prayers? Do you thank him? (laughs) Where do we go first in our prayer? Is our first place just bring in a need. And it's okay to bring your need to God. It's okay to ask him to help us. It's okay to ask him for his provision. But do you thank him? Do you thank him with a heart of worship? A heart that is filled with affections for him. We get a glimpse of Paul's heart for the church. And he says, first, I thank my God. My God. You see how personal that is? It's like the psalmist. He's personal. You are my God. So he says, first, I thank my God. And he doesn't get very far. He says, through Jesus Christ. He talks a lot about Jesus. We'll see that all through the book of Romans, Jesus is brought up all the time. And if his name isn't mentioned in that sentence, he's talking about him. Jesus Christ is the way to the Father. We cannot have a relationship. We cannot be in prayer We cannot be with God, one with God. We can't without the work of Christ. He intercedes on our behalf. We're going to think about the resurrection next week, and we're going to be thankful for it. But Jesus is seated seated at the right hand of God. And because he's seated at the right hand of God, we have... Access to God. Before they had to have high priest. One who would bring forth a substitute, an animal. We have Jesus. We have access because of his righteousness. And guys, it's so easy to pass through this and say, first, I thank my God through Jesus Christ. So he's, yeah, Paul's thinking, no, there is so much doctrine just in his introduction and theme of his letter. First, I thank my God, my God, through Jesus Christ. And he's thanking God for the church. Paul loves the church. 
Why does Paul love the church? Because Jesus loved and loves the church so much that he came and lived a life that was worthy to be lived and died a death that you and I deserved and resurrected to life. That's how much he loves us. So we see he's thankful. He's thankful for the people. Now, I'm talking about Jesus' love. And we see in verse 7, to all in Rome who were loved. Who were loved by God and called to be his holy people. So Paul, he's saying, he's giving us a description of the church. He's saying, the church are those who are loved by God and called to be a holy people. This is the means in which we will see that these Christians in Rome have a faith that is being reported all over the world. What's so special about this faith? Why is Paul thankful? This is his reason for thanksgiving. His reason for thanksgiving is because their faith is famous. It's being reported all over the world. It's different. What's different about this faith? It's our object of our faith. Jesus. That's what's so special about it. We have to start there. What's so special about this faith? It's, it's the object of our faith that's special. We are loved by God. Sit in that rescue. Sit in that redemption every single day of your life. And you will understand greater the love of God and your call as his holy people. So you're loved and you're called. You're called to be holy people, saints, set apart. That's what holy means, set apart. He's going right back up to where he was right when he began the letter. He says, I'm set apart for the gospel. You're called to be set apart for the gospel. So we see Paul's heart, and he's thankful. He's thankful for the church, and he's thankful for the church because their faith is famous. Their faith is being reported all over the world. And so when we see that, we have to ask the question, what is my faith like? You have to. You have to ask the question, what is our faith like? Jesus says that we are called to be the light of the world. City on a hill, salt of the earth. Are we a city on a hill? Are we a city that is like the eternal city? When it comes to racial issues, are we like the city on a hill, the eternal city? There will be no violence. 
There will be no division. Only oneness and love because of Christ in us. We are all brought to this eternal city because of Jesus Christ. And we, every nation, every tongue, that's just one part of what this looks like. Are we a city on a hill? Are we a people of faith that's being reported all over the world? Are we a people of faith that when the community looks in and they see the church, not just the Oaks, but the church here in this community, do they see Christ in us? How we are with our families, how we are at our jobs, how we are in our generosity. Money is nothing to us. We don't love money, we love Christ. How we love one another. Faith produces a life of obedience. We see in verse 5 of chapter 1, through him we receive grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith. Because of our faith in Christ, we produce a life of obedience. Because we are loved and because we are called, we produce a life of obedience. This life, this faith that Paul is thankful for is seen. It is not hidden. It is not a faith that we keep to ourselves in our bubble. It's not a faith that stays home for the first 10 minutes of our day or the last 10 minutes of our day. It's not a faith that stays within these walls. It is a faith that has changed us from the inside out. It is a faith that is in Christ Jesus. And that faith makes us new. We are not our old creation. We are made new. And so because of our faith in Christ, we are in Christ. His death and his resurrection. We have died to our old self and we live for Christ. That is only possible through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We are in Christ. Our faith is in Christ. And that is the only way we have a faith here in Rome that is being reported all over the world. So do you live a life of faith in Christ? That's a very basic thing for Christians, faith in Christ. But don't let that be just the beginning Oh, I I put my faith in Jesus, you know, that one day. No, 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 no. Faith is from beginning to end. So then he goes on, he says, God whom I serve in my spirit in preaching the gospel of his son 
is my witness how constantly I remember you in my prayers at all times. What I see here is a man who says he's privileged to serve God. He says, God whom I serve in my spirit. When we serve God, what is our attitude? How do we serve him? Do we just have to? It's, it's what we should be doing or he's worthy. He's worthy of our service. I'm glad. I'm honored. I'm privileged to serve the almighty God, the one who's created me. So he says, God whom I serve in my spirit. He serves by preaching the gospel of Jesus. Are you preaching the gospel as Paul is preaching? Are you, are, are you preaching the gospel in such a way that it's on your tongue and in your mind at all times and on your heart? It's right there at the tip of your tongue and you're speaking it every moment, every chance you get. Paul says, I'm glad. I serve God in my spirit. I'm honored to do that. It's my privilege. And you see Paul here. He's interceding on behalf of the people of God. We have the right. We have the privilege to intercede on behalf of another believer. Do you pray for the church? Do you pray for the people of God? Do you intercede on behalf of them? Then he says, In my prayers at all times, and I pray that now at last, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. So, you see that Paul understands that God is a sovereign God. He says, by your will, by your will that I may be able to come to you. But that doesn't stop him from desiring to pray to God. He didn't say, well, God's just sovereign. He's a sovereign God. He'll do whatever he wants with my life. That's true. But do you see Paul's heart and his desire? He says, I pray that now at last, my God, by God's will, the way may be open for me to come to you. Paul has never met this church. He's never met these people, and yet he loves them so dearly. He loves them so much that they're always on his mind, and they're always in his prayers, and he's thankful to God for them. And he's asking the Lord, please, I want to see them. I want to come to you. And and next week we will talk about the resurrection And we're going to talk about the next week about why he wants to come to them. And so here's my question. Are you a people, are we a people who live by faith and that faith is being made known, being made famous because of who we have faith in? That's the question this morning. That's our challenge We need to ask the Lord to help us. We need to ask the Lord to help us to give us greater faith 
to grow our faith and be a church who remembers that we're loved and we're called by God. He's given us the power and the grace to accomplish it. Will we be obedient to his call? And will we serve him with a heart of thanksgiving? And will we serve him because we're honored and privileged to serve a great God? Let's pray. Father, I'm so thankful for this church. I'm so thankful that you are working and moving and making yourself known through your people. God, we ask that you keep using us, encouraging us, strengthening us, making us more like you by your sanctification process. God, make us more like Paul, where we are people of prayer, people of thanksgiving, humble servant of you. Make us people who love you greater. We ask that you would reveal yourself more and more to us each and every day as we seek your face. God, use us. Use us this week. Use us this day. Use us until we can't be used anymore and you call us home. God, what a great privilege it is to stand up here and speak your word. We ask that you would use it, that you would teach us, that you would make us more like Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.